Let's pray for tonight's meeting. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for being here with us already. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you promised that you would send your Spirit. You promised that you would, it would, you would send it to us to lead us and to guide us into all truth, Lord. We ask you this night, Lord, we ask you this night that we need to be led and guided into all truth, O oh God. Oh Lord, look at us. We're a small church, Lord. There's those of us who are hurting. We pray for Sister Patty tonight, O oh God. We're so happy to see her husband Steve and son Ben here tonight, Father. We ask you to just touch them, O oh God. Just let them feel the presence of your love. Let them feel your Holy Spirit around them. Father, they're in a family, O oh God. You look at us, O oh God. We need your help, O oh God. Please send your Spirit to us. Lead us and guide us in our community, O oh God, Jesus. Give us direction that souls can be one, O oh God. That your work can be done, O oh God, Jesus. And help preacher tonight, O oh God, just to share your word with strength and confidence as you intended it to have it done. In Jesus' name, amen. So, God is good, saints. So we can start off in 1 Samuel chapter 30. So 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. I'm already there, beat you to it. But in 1 Samuel chapter 6, we'll just read this verse. It says, David and his men had come back from a mission. Oh, I'm sorry, it says in verse 6, And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his son and for his daughter, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, this is a, if you read this account, we won't go into it quickly except for this verse, but David and his men had come back from a, a fight to find their homes burning, their tents burning their village that they were staying at on fire, distraught and disarray, and all of their wives and sons and daughters were gone. They were taken away alive and captive. They came home maybe to find hope and peace, enjoying coming back home from a long mission they had, but instead they'd find themselves saddened and discouraged, disappointed, and beginning to become frustrated and angry. The Bible says, in speaking of these men, that they wept so much, they could not weep anymore. That's pretty distraught. Amen, saints? Tonight, I want to encourage you in the Lord. What an example David was, that in this desperate time, in this desperate time, he was able to turn to the Lord. In the next few verses, we can see that he connected with the priests. He prayed, and ultimately, God gave him guidance. Saints, we too can encourage ourselves in the Lord. We can encourage ourselves in the Lord. That word actually means to strengthen. To strengthen yourself in the Lord. To prevail. To be strong. To be courageous. To be firm in the Lord. To be resolute. You know, there's nothing... There's nothing worse than starting to lack confidence, amen? You know, I know I go through it. You, you spend this time in prayer and, and being in prayer by default and talking with the Lord. Your spirit already gets excited. And the Lord gives you a word and you seem so bubbly. And it seems like when you get to church, you start to doubt it. 
Is this what the Lord intended? The church is really quiet tonight. They don't seem as excited as I was today and yesterday praying, oh Lord, is it just emotions? You begin to question. You begin to wonder. You know, when we start to do that in our trials, when something that we see in church hits us, it can shake us a little bit. A trial can shake us a little bit, and we begin to wonder, Lord, how is my faith? What is your intention? Is this the right even plan for me? Something that seemed so confident before. You were so resolute in before, so firm. A trial comes, a word comes, a discouragement comes. And so often our bodies want to run. We want to flee. We want to hide. We don't want to face it. We want to not partake in it. Lord, this is, this is something I don't want to deal with. It's too hard for me. I want to run from it. David was facing that here. David had men that wanted to stone him. They were blaming David. You're the reason my wife isn't here. You're the reason my son and my daughter are gone. They were becoming angry. David could have ran. David could have hid himself. He could have fled. David chose to encourage himself in the Lord. Hallelujah, saints. We can encourage ourselves in the Lord. Amen, saints? David taught us here in the scripture that running and running and hiding is not the answer. We know God sees us no matter where we hide. God sees us. That's not the answer. He could have tried, but that would not have fixed his problems. Amen? His men maybe would have probably hated him more and gone after him even with more fervor than they were already frustrated. He could have been resolute and firm and strong and fighting for himself what he believed was the right answer for this situation. Men, you decided to come with me. It wasn't just my fault. You're also to blame. He should have been resolute in sticking up for himself. I got to stick up for myself. No one else is sticking up for me. I'm going to stick up for myself. He could have done that. Would that have helped the problem? Probably not. It would have caused more emotional outrage, most likely. More problems. So what did he do? I'm going to the Lord on this one. David said, I'm not sure what the answer is. I feel like the rug was just pulled out from under me. I'm on my can. No one trusts in me anymore. I'm a little lost. I'm a little confused. I'm not sure what the answer is. You know what? I'm going to the Lord. I'm going to the Lord, David said. You know what's neat? In verse 8 it says, And David inquired of the Lord. And know what it says a few words later? And the Lord answered him. David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him. What an awesome God we serve, saints. God will answer you when you inquire of him. God will answer you when you inquire of him. Lord, what is going on? I don't understand. I'm a little confused. Help me. What is going on during these end times of this world? Who do I put my trust in? All the turmoil of society. Where do I look to? The frustration of the news. 
the burden the news gives you as you watch it, the heaviness it puts on a soul, what to do with our money, how do you retire, where do I look for a job, who do I put my trust in? David said, David taught us, turn to the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You see, saints, God is with us, and he's waiting to help us. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it an amazing grace that God, who sent his son Jesus to help us, to show us a new way, to redeem us from a sinful life, to put us on a path of righteousness towards heaven, is still watching. It's still waiting for you to cry out to him. It's still in the wings, if you will, watching over you. It's waiting. What's my son doing today? Hey, I'm right here. Just call to me. I can help you in your frustration. I can help you in your trial. Why are you waiting? Why are you trying to figure it out? I'm right here. Do you not trust what I've done before? I can do it again. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Saints, God, that God has for us. He sent his son Jesus. He sent his son Jesus. Do you know he sent his son Jesus on this earth? You know what another promise is that we can rely on? Jesus is coming again. He's coming back, saints. I want to encourage you in the Lord. Did you hear me? The Lord is coming again. He's coming back. Do you believe it? Is it too fantastical? I share at work sometimes. It's too fantastical. It's over the top. They can't grasp it. Can you grasp it? God is on his throne. Jesus is coming again. He's just waiting. He's waiting. Sometimes I have this picture I, in my mind. I feel like heaven's like this. You tell me, and I'm going. Lord, you say yes, and I'm going. I'm waiting to redeem these people. He's on his, he's on his toes, you know, like a, like a runner might be on their toes. Like, ready, for, ready set, I'm going. You say, you say Lord, I'm going to get on that horse, and I'm going to redeem these people. Enough is enough. Enough trials is enough trials. Enough hurts is enough hurts. Enough frustration is enough frustration. I'm going to redeem my people. Jesus is coming back. We have his own words for proof. Amen, saints? In Revelation chapter 22, you can turn there quick. What a wonderful God we serve, saints. These are words recorded by John, words Jesus said to him. He says in verse 7, behold, 22 verse 7, behold, it means to look. Hey, John, see this thing. Look at this. I'm coming quickly. Verse 12, and behold, John, see this thing again. Look, look at me, John. I'm coming quickly. In verse 22, surely, in other words, hey, John, this is the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm coming quickly. This is the words of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. I read it like this. Jesus is on his way, saints. Like a man starting his journey back to earth, back to a place he visited. That man is calling those who are expecting him. Hey, yeah, guys, 
I'm on route. I'm on my way back. I'm coming. I'm on my way back to you. I'm coming quickly. You'll see me soon. I'm heading there now. Well, when you get there, I'm on my way. I'm en route. Jesus is en route to redeem us, saints. He's on his way. He says he's coming quickly. He says, as quickly as I am allowed to travel to you, I am traveling to you. As quickly as my heavenly Father lets me travel to you, I'm coming to redeem you, saints. I will be there. I will rescue you. You see, Jesus has promised to come to us. He has promised to meet us. He has promised to do this in person again. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians. So you don't have to take my word for it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Thessalonian church, in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Hallelujah. Can you imagine it? The Lord coming from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel. I'm not sure what that sounds like, but it must be pretty intense. The voice of an archangel. And with the trumpet of God. What does that trumpet sound like? And the dead in Christ will rise first. Hallelujah. Those who have lived their lives, spent their time here, and have met our maker already. You go first. You made it. You go first. What a blessing. What a gentleman our Lord is. Amen? You go first. You made it. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Together, saints, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. What a hope. Jesus went up into heaven and will come down from heaven and stand on earth in the last days. Praise the Lord, saints. He's coming quickly. Job said this, and I believe every redeemed soul can say this. In Job chapter 19, I'll read it, verse 25 through 27. Job said, For I know that my Redeemer lives. How many know that your Redeemer lives? Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I will see God, whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. What, a, what an example Job is giving us, saints. Does your heart yearn within you for the coming of our Lord? Be honest with yourself. Is your heart hungry to see Jesus? Is it passionate about making it there to see Jesus? To be with him? To be in his presence? Look on him face to face in the flesh. Job says, in my flesh I shall see God. In our new bodies, amen? While I was praying and meditating on this, and this message came onto my heart, it was impressed on my heart, I could not but start singing this hymn. What a day that shall be. Amen, saints? I won't sing it. I'll ruin it for you. When my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face. 
the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, a glorious day that will be. Amen? This was written by a man who was frustrated that his mother-in-law was sick. He says he was a new believer and was a little bit frustrated on the Lord. Why does this happen? And the Lord revealed to him, what a day it will be when by Jesus I shall see. And it changed his outlook towards his mother-in-law and her sickness. It's all about Jesus. We're here about Jesus. Whatever you're going through, the frustration, it's all about Jesus. Because we're going to meet him again in new bodies, in a new way. We'll see each other again in a new way, saints. Be blessed. Be encouraged in the Lord. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, and 12, verse 9, Daniel was instructed to shut up and seal the words. I don't mean shut up, be quiet. I mean shut up, shut up the book. Don't think I was trying to be too vulgar there. But Daniel was instructed to shut the book and the words of the book that he was given. It says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Verse 9 says, And he said to Daniel, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time till the end of time. I won't claim to understand this completely, saints. Why the reasons this was instructed to Daniel to shut up these words of of revelation and prophecy about the end times at the moment that Daniel heard them, maybe because his contents were not fully comprehensible for that time period. Maybe the Lord was having mercy and understood they won't comprehend it, Daniel. Hold off. Maybe because his contents were just for future generations like ours. But it wasn't that way for John in Revelation, saints. You see, in in Revelations, it was a different story. In Revelations, he said this, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. He told John, don't seal this thing. I'm going to tell you, John, don't seal this. Let it be known. The time is at hand. You see, John was not to imitate Daniel. Daniel's visions were for a time in the future, but John's visions were for the present. They're for the here and now. The time is near. It is near. The reality of it is Jesus is en route. Saints, the time is at hand for the fulfillment of John's visions, that Jesus was coming. You see, the world teaches us to be resolute in who you are, in your own strength, Encourage yourself to be strong. Believe in what you want to believe in and fight for it. Don't let others persuade you one way or the other. Saints, that attitude can sometimes creep into our own Christian life. We can sometimes think, I have Jesus. Don't tell me how to relate to Jesus. I believe Jesus in a certain way. Don't change that way for me. The attitude of being soulish and selfish in your walk can really frustrate your experience with God. Amen? The world today is confused. They say to us, not us as Christians, but to people, to each other, 
be whoever you want to be. Okay, I'm going to be like this. Well, you can't be like that because that offends this person. But I thought I could be how I wanted to be. But you can't, you can. Okay, I'm going to be like this, but you can't be like that. It's confusion. It's weak. It's, it's lame, to be honest with you. It has nothing, what are you standing on? Everyone's just looking at each other for, am I okay with you? Am I okay with you? Am I okay with you? Are we all okay together? Saints, if we treat our Christianity by saying, am I okay with you? Are you okay with me? We'll be going nowhere in the Lord. We'll be in a standstill. Our Christian walks will be very soulish, very emotional-based, based on frustration, based on when we don't hear something, we run, we hide. Or we don't, we don't hear something we like, I should say. We run and we hide. This is not what the Lord intended for his saints. This is not what the Lord intended for us to be resolute in, for us to be firm in, for us to be encouraged in, for us to be strengthened in. Amen, saints? When trials come, he wanted us to be resolute in him. Strong in him. How about this? Can we say, I know my Redeemer lives, and he will stand here on earth someday as we go through a trial. I will see him someday. Job said, not another. I will see the one I love. So when trials come, they will come, saints. There may be sickness, maybe all sorts of pain, maybe even death, discouragements, disagreements, confusion. You know what, saints? I want to encourage you like David did. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the Redeemer and be strengthened and endure to the end because he taught us that those who endure to the end will be saved. Amen, saints? Last time I shared with you, I used this phrase, you in this world is not about you in this world. You in this world is not about you in this world. A Christian duty of ours, I'm going to say it, a Christian duty of ours is to forget about yourself. Ah! <gasps> is to forget about yourself and think about others. It's a Christian duty. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How can you do unto others if you're not thinking about others? You have to think about what others like, what others want, and then not stop there. Lord, I thought about it. I thought about it, okay? We're good. I thought about what others, I thought about what they like. Now I'm going to go do what I want. That's not what the Lord intended. The Lord intended, think about your fellow brothers and sisters. Meditate on them. And then do what they desire. And you will be blessed. Saints, you'll be blessed. That's the irony of the whole thing. As you put yourself out there in Jesus, as you put yourself out there in Jesus, as you strengthen yourself in the Lord, on the behalf of others, you will become blessed. It's a Christian duty of ours. We can't forget that Jesus is en route to us. Let's be en route to each other. Let's help each other. He is on the way. It's critical that we maintain our godly faith and righteousness in these end times. Amen, saints? You know, when Jesus appears on that day, can you imagine? It says it's like a thief in the nights. I believe the Bible. I believe the word of God. Think about 
When Jesus comes, it's like a thief in the night. In other words, it's coming unexpectedly. I've heard people say, I'm going to look for the signs of the end times. And when they start appearing, maybe I'll turn to the Lord then. You won't have time. I'm telling you, you won't have time. It's going to come suddenly. There in a moment. There in a moment. It's going to come. It's going to come. It's, he is going to come. We can't say all of a sudden, oh, Jesus is here. Let me start being righteous. Lord, I'm righteous. Here I am. When he appears, we can't all of a sudden decide, I'm going to start doing everything for you. Now that I know he's coming, he'll be here in two hours. I'm going to start doing everything for him in these last two hours of my life and be, hey, I did everything for you. I did everything for you. That wouldn't be love of Jesus, would it, saints? That wouldn't be dedicating yourself for Jesus. In a way, that would be sort of putting down what he has done. He did his all for us. All the way to Calvary. All the way to the cross, right? Through death. He went through death. Death is an entity. Death overcame him. He let it happen. Then he went down to hell. But he came back out of it. And he rose on high. This is what Jesus went through for us. Recall the parable of the ten virgins. Right? Five were wise, five were foolish. They represent those who were spiritually prepared and understood that God expects them to be spiritually ready all the way up until his return. As opposed to the unwise You can read about this, by the way, in Matthew chapter 25. The unwise took a carefree attitude. I know God. I know he'll be here. I know he's on his way. I'm good. He loves us. He's all forgiving. He's all loving. He will take care of us. Just relax. It's not that big of a deal. Do what you need to do. Well, the bridegroom came. Jesus came. Guess what happened? They were left knocking on the door, saying, it's us, it's us. Do you remember what the response was? I don't know who you are. (gasps) Wouldn't that just kill your heart? Wouldn't that just break you? You can imagine maybe a little bit of what John thought when when he denied Jesus three times and how he wept. If you put yourself in that shoes, wouldn't that just break you? If Jesus said, I don't know who you are. How did we get there? How did those people get there? It's because they they weren't ready. They weren't living the life God gave them now. The years that we have now, whatever they may be, 75 years, 30 years, 80 years, whatever they may be, they weren't living them fully for the Lord. They weren't encouraging themselves in the Lord every day. They were unprepared. They were too carefree thinking, I know the Lord's heart. He'll take care of me. It is true, the Lord will take care of you. But to what extent? You cannot disregard what he's done for us. Amen, saints? This is why Jesus asked in the gospel, will he find faith when he returns? There's a question there. Saints, now is our time to get to know the Lord. Now is our time to meet with God. Now is our time to get closer to him in your discouragement, in your frustration, 
Maybe tonight there's something bothering you so much that you don't even want to hear the words I'm saying to you. But listen to these words. Now is the time to cast your burden on the Lord. Today is the day of salvation, he says, right? Today is the day where you can cast the heaviness onto the Lord. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to call upon his name. I want to encourage you that as he makes his way here, be ready every way you can. Read your Bible. Study the word. Take advantage of it, my young brothers and sisters. Maybe you're in high school. It's hard to see. I was there. Take advantage of the time you can with your other brothers or with your other sisters to talk about the Lord. It's not crazy, is it, to you? We look at athletes. They spend 24-7 in the gym. We call them dedicated. That guy's hardworking. He's dedicated. What if a Christian spent 24-7 in the Word? Are they crazy? What were they doing? I mean, but the gym, I mean, he's going for a purpose. I mean, Christian, no. He's dedicated to the Lord. He's on fire for the Lord. He's training his body for the Lord. He's training his mind for the Lord. How can the Lord use me? How can the Lord talk to me? How can the Lord work through me? I want to encourage you, my young brothers and sisters, take the time while you're young to get to know the Lord. Get to know him. Study his word. Encourage each other. Talk about the Lord. Hey, what scripture did you read this week? It's okay. It's not weird. It's what the Lord desires. It's what the Lord desires. Hey, brother, how did the Lord encourage you this week? This is what the Lord desires. Talk to each other. Hey, I'm going through a hard time. I haven't been able to get into the Word. I just don't know why. Confess that. That brother will say, let's get it in together then. Don't do it by yourself. Come to my house or come over on a Saturday night. We'll talk about the Lord. What a blessing that could be. Don't let, it, don't let Satan, don't let your soul tell you that's not normal. This is what the Lord created you for, to be a vessel of honor for him. God is not in the business of being part-time, saints. He's not a part-time employer. He's not in the business of being part-time. He's a full-time employer. He wants all of your time. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 1. You can turn there. Go ahead, Acts chapter 1. I hope I'm encouraging you, saints. Acts chapter 1, verse 9, it says... Oh, I have the scripture in front of me. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 says, Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So Jesus was taken up. What an amazing event. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men appeared in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. You know, in verse 6, those there asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Here Jesus is being resurrected into heaven, and they're asking, Lord, will you restore the kingdom of Israel in a way 
saying, Jesus, is this the end of our suffering? Remember, Israel was under Roman control. Hey, Lord, are you gonna, is this the time you're going to end our suffering? Is this the time you're going to take away all of our pain so we could be on top of the world with you? Is this the moment it's going to happen? You know what? Jesus doesn't even really entertain the question. He rather quickly corrects them. He doesn't reject their question, amen, saints, but he says, that is not for you to know. That is not for you to know. When you say, Lord, sometimes the question is, Lord, make this stop. Make this end. Can I encourage you in a in a loving way, sometimes that answer is up to the Lord. It's not for us to know sometimes how long our trial goes on for, how long our sickness hits us. It may be hard for us as humans to understand that. How long, why do we have to do something? How long will this happen? Sometimes the Lord's telling us it's not for you to know. But you know what, saints, can I encourage you? He didn't end there with a period. He said, but I have something for you to know. What does he say? Verse 8, but you will receive power. It's not for you to know how long your suffering goes on for. It's not for you to know how long your trial will even go on for. Maybe it's even not for you to know how long your good life will go on for. But one thing you do know, he has given you power. He has given you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come to you. So Jesus is saying his return is in God's timing. Yes, it's soon. Yes, I am en route. Yes, I'm making my way to you. But in the meantime, there's other things believers can be doing. We have a job to do while we wait, saints. And that job entails being filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled with all power. Don't let the frustrations of life, the discouragements that are before you, the questions you have, the doubt that is in your heart, the direction you may be thinking about. Don't let that discourage you from this fact. You have a responsibility to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be on fire for the Lord. Jesus spoke of a rich man in Luke chapter 16. Chapter 16, verse 2, he says to the rich man, and he called unto him and said, What is this I hear? Give an account for your stewardship, for you to no longer be steward. Saints, we have to give an account to our Lord and Savior someday. We have to give an account to him. Someday, we're going to no longer be a steward. Death will hit us. The rapture will come. But until then, we have to give an account. What is the account the Lord sees in you? How are you taking care of what the Lord has given you? Your time with the Lord, your church attendance, respecting others around you, reading your Bible, studying the Word of God, witnessing, talking to others about the Lord. That's an account of you. Is it all about cash? Is it all about retirement? Is it all about cash at hand? I'm going to remind you that when the Lord returns, that cash in hand, just so you know, the earth is going to be on fire and falling apart. So that cash in hand really is going to be worthless because there's going to be no more earth. It says the earth will pass away. 
that retirement fund that we worked so hard for, putting off those times that we could have been with the Lord. We could have been in church. We could have been in fellowship. We could have been with families. It will fall worthless. And we'll stand before the Lord, and he'll be saying to us, give an account of your life. What is your greatest desire? Is your greatest desire serving Jesus? Is your greatest desire helping others to the Lord? Saints, I want to encourage you to turn to Jesus when you're going through a hard time. Turn to the Lord. We're going to have the seniors come up shortly here. I have a word on my heart to encourage you. Encourage you that God sees us. He collectively sees our church, saints. Do you know that? I believe God collectively sees us as a unit. He sees us as a church. Are you doing all you can for your church, for the Lord? This is where he's placed us. Do you believe he put you here? Well, you should find that out. If he did, are you doing all that you can to support it? How about your own life? Are you doing all that you can to support your own life? Parents, are you showing your kids godly examples? Are you showing your kids how to be a Christian mom, how to be a Christian dad, how to be a Christian marriage? Friends, are you showing your friends what it's like to be a Christian brother in the Lord? Not listening to rock music, not thinking the latest number one hit is the coolest thing in the world, but maybe turning to Jesus and say, let's have worship at my house tonight. Can your mom drop you off? What a blessing that would be. You know what, saints? He will see you as you turn to him. He will see you as you encourage your heart in him. He saw David when David turned to him. He saw Jesus when Jesus turned to him. He saw John when John turned to him. He saw Paul when he turned to him. Amen? Do you see what God's word is teaching us? Do you see why it's important to read the Bible? But I want to see God. I want to see God. The Bible says if you turn to him and strengthen yourself in him, he will answer you. He will meet you. He is telling you what to do. Just believe it. Take a step in faith. Turn to Jesus. Give him your care. He sees you. He sees you as you turn to him. Saints, let's take the time now. Can we take a few minutes? Can we take a few minutes? Is it too much? Is it too heavy of a burden? Oh, it's Friday night, Brother Ben. It's Friday night. It's too much. Saints, we have one life to live. Maybe we needed the oil back in our lamps. Maybe our lamps have run dry. Lord, I have been carefree in my relationship with you. I have been thinking, I am all right. I have been thinking, you'll come when you come and you'll find me ready and willing. But reality is, the oil in my lamp has run dry. I need oil, Lord. Give me the oil that can fill my lamp. Oh, he's in root, saints. He will meet you. Don't grow weary. Don't grow distracted and persevere. Don't let yourself get in the way of your own salvation. You may be sick. You may be hurting, discouraged, disappointed. I don't know, you fill in the blank. David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. Then he prayed, and God answered him. God answered him. The Bible often references a renewing. The Bible says old things will pass away. Are you feeling old in your Christianity? Is it old hat to you? Has it become routine? 
Has it become same old, same old? Does the world look more enticing, more fun? The Bible says old things will pass away, all things will become new. Christ had an old body, but it became new in his resurrected body. It was still his body, but it was renewed after the resurrection. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but these will be renewed, and there'll be a new heaven and earth. God is in the business of renewing. Do you see that, saints? Lives marred by sin are not simply destroyed and recreated. Lives hurting are not left to hurt, but they are renewed by the Spirit of God as we call out to him. David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. God can do that tonight if there's sin in your life. Can you come up and cry out to the Lord, create in me a clean heart? David said, renew a right spirit within me. God can do this if you have felt yourself at odds with life, circumstances. Ask God to remove these distractions so that the joy, the joy of your salvation may return. So I'm going to ask you one last time. We'll sing a song or two. Does anybody need renewing? Does anybody need renewing in your spirit? Lord, I've been thinking this life is too carefree about you in this life. I want to be more sincere in my walk with you. Take the opportunity now, while you can. Encourage yourself in the Lord, and he will answer you. Take the time, saints.